do, can we show some appreciation to everyone who serves on the team here at some capacity? Come on, show some love. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, if this is your first time ever here, thanks for being here. This is awesome. Um, the blue card, your connect card, is just on your seat. If you fill this out, you can leave it in the back corner there at the info booth. And uh, we have a free gift for you just to say thank you for being our guest. Um, and I, I got to say, every year I always do this and because every, every year I, I've lost my voice. My beautiful wife, all year long, plans a massive event called Change Conference for high school students and young adults. And it was wild. She sold it out this year. Over 3,000 people attended. It was crazy. But get this, get this. Over 550 teenagers made the decision to follow Jesus. How incredible is that? Is that not incredible? I mean, I just got to... I just got to brag on her. Five, over 550. That's like insane. Like, that's like, whoa. Jeez. That's, that, that's uh, I have no words. That's awesome. Anyways, <laughs> Olivia's the best. Um, so I, I apologize if my voice seems a little raspy today. I was yelling a lot. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of fun, though. Um, okay, this is exciting. Next week is our three-year anniversary party. Okay, so it's going to be really fun. I can't believe it's been three years already. That came so quickly. Uh, we have baptisms happening. We, we've got a couple people getting baptized. It's going to be so fun. We have the tank up here. We're going to dunk them. We're going to celebrate with them, with them deciding to follow Jesus. It's amazing. Uh, we have a dessert bar. Uh, we've got cupcakes. We have a popcorn bar, balloon animals, a bunch of other fun stuff. You do not want to miss next week, okay? Next week is the week to be here. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and with that, we're going to dismiss junior youth. So grade 5, 6, 7, 8. Uh, enjoy your time in, in youth, okay? Um, so I don't know if you've noticed, but technology is changing. Technology is changing, uh, and very rapidly, very rapidly, okay? Us humans are getting smarter, and I, I kind of was just Googling, uh, you know, because I wanted, you know, to share something about tech this morning, and I, I just Googled funny technology stories. You know, it's like, okay, who knows what you're going to get with that, right? Funny technology stories, I don't know. So this is, I found a website where... IT workers at companies complain about what they have to deal with at work. So the IT people are the people that have to do all the computer stuff, all this kind of thing. So I, I don't know. It's kind of cheesy, but I think he's just funny, okay? So um, one, <laughs> one uh, IT tech was talking about a coworker. Yeah, put that first one up. There, He says this, I can't remember my email password. Would you be able to email me a new password? <laughs> It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay, uh, this one I thought was pretty funny too. Uh, let's throw that next one up there. My space bar will not work. Please come and help me. <laughs> my space bar. It's like, oh, true. That's, I, I see. That's a problem. I see. And then a uh, final one. Don't put it up yet. Um, so uh, he's telling a story of the guy where he, uh, he comes and the coffee is spilled all over like the, the desktop tower hard drive thing at the bottom. And he says, sir, how did you... How did you spill coffee all over the bottom of your computer? Like, that makes no sense. And then you want to throw that slide up? He said, oh, the cup holder just randomly went in. <laughs> I said, oh, that's not a cup holder. That's a CD tray. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you can, you can get rid of that now. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, here's, here's the truth of technology stuff, right? Um, technology is rapidly changing rapidly changing and you know some of us have seen it just in the last couple of years some of us you've seen it much longer than that and you can attest to oh yeah things are changing things are changing and, and that's good I, I think that's good we are we are blessed to live where we live we are blessed to live when we live uh no one in history and i really do believe this no one in history has had it as good as us honestly we are so blessed we are so blessed um and in that phrase of of us standing on the shoulders of giants i mean that is so true right just it's so true. We've never known so much. Um, in to be honest, I can't remember the last time I've just sat down and watched TV. I'd way rather be on Wikipedia or YouTube just learning stuff, right? There's just so much knowledge out there. Like you just, you can, we have access to so much learning and knowledge, right? Here's the thing though. As humans get smarter, as we advance, as we progress, which is incredible, it can be really easy to forget about God though. It can be really easy to start relying on our own strength our own wisdom instead of God. So I want to I talk about two things today, okay? I want to talk about, number one, how human wisdom is needed in life, absolutely, but where human wisdom falls short, okay? And secondly, I want to talk about how faith in Jesus should never, and it actually will never, be replaced 
with human learning and human wisdom alone. Faith in Jesus can never be replaced with what us humans come up with and what we develop and what our pro progress in our mind is, okay? So, uh, and, and of course, human learning, human wisdom advancement, so important, so good, but it has short paths. It does. And, and you know, if we look at our society, I mean, the more we're learning, the more we're, we're telling ourselves, oh, we don't need God, we don't need God. But it's, it's not true, actually. And I'm gonna, I want to show you why uh, today. So we're doing this series called I Have Decided. This is the final week of it. And we're talking about how we should decide, we should make this decision to follow Jesus regardless of where we're at in our spiritual journey, right? So, so we talked about, uh, it's about water baptism, how important that is, how, how uh, uh, it represents new life. Uh, it's a symbol of, of what God's doing in us, how we're, we're new people. The old is gone, the new is here. Last week we talked about how following Jesus can be difficult. It can be a hard road sometimes, but it is always worth it. Every single time, it is always worth it. So this week, I want to look at an example from the scripture about someone who puts their faith in God, they make the decision, but it actually goes beyond human wisdom why they would do it. And it's just a really good example of what we're talking about today. So the story starts in ancient Israel. This is even pre-Jesus, pre-New Testament. This is the Old Testament. And it's in, in Israel at a time when uh, kings ruled uh, the, the nation, okay. And one of those nations that was kind of always battling with them, they were kind of, you know, that part of the world, kind of every nation around were kind of bumping into each other, battling each other. And, and Israel was kind of always bickering with this one nation called Aram, um, or Aram. And this is where the story starts, okay. In 2 Kings 5, we don't have the slides for it today, uh, but it, it's all good. It says this, the king of Aram had great uh, admiration for Naaman, the commander, the commander of his army. Because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. So it starts off with this person who's this general of this army. He's successful. He's smart. He's, he's, he's got it all. But he has this thing called leprosy, this skin disease called leprosy. And uh, maybe you've, you've heard of this and you kind of know what it is. Maybe you don't. But basically, in those times, if you got leprosy, that was it for you. You were a dead person walking. There was no cure. That was it. Today, again, and uh, this is why human wisdom is good, right? Because we are blessed. Now, there's medication for it, and, and we, can, we can fix that, right? But back then, if you had it, you, you were done. And, and essentially what it is, is you, you, it's, sorry, forgive me, but it's a little graphic, but basically your limbs eventually, uh, your body just decays. Your limbs start falling off, anything, uh, just slowly in, until you, you die or a painful death. It's just this tragic, awful thing. It was contagious. Uh, so if someone got leprosy, everyone avoided them. It was just, so this guy has this tragic skin disease. It's just so sad, right? And it says this, at this time, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of this leprosy. So there's this girl in Israel. She actually gets captured in kind of these battles. She gets you know, stuck in the house of this guy Naaman with leprosy, and she's kind of doing him a solid, helping him out. Y you know, there's someone in Israel where I'm from where we believe in God, we have faith in God. God can actually heal you of that, just so you know. And, and he hears about it. He's like, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. He's probably tried every possible option. Nothing's helping. And it says this. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take. Uh, and and it, it goes on, and then uh, basically they go to the king and they say, hey, we want you to heal this person. And the king's like, what? How am I, I'm not God. How am I supposed to heal this person? The, uh, a prophet hears about it and says, no, send him to me. We'll pray for him. We'll, we'll, we'll get him healed up. We're going we're gonna to show that God is still real, that the God of Israel is the true God. And basically, prophets in this context back then, someone who could speak on behalf of God, somebody who would hear from God, and would be almost God's representative, you know what I mean? So if someone was a prophet back then, uh, it would be, hey, I have a message from God, and everyone would listen to it. Um, since Jesus came, though, this, is, this is what we believe. We believe that Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit, and it is no longer a select few that God will randomly choose to hear God's voice. We actually believe that God can speak to all of us because of the Holy Spirit. And we actually believe that God lives inside of us. And we have this personal relationship with him. And we don't know just about God. We actually know him. Like we're actually friends with him. And, and we just need to, you know, get that discipline and learn how to listen to his voice, right? But so this is what happens next. In 2 Kings 5, it says, So Naaman went with his horses and chariots 
waited at the door of the prophet. But the prophet sent a messenger out with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed. So he travels all the way, different country, travels so far. He, he goes to meet this, this like legendary prophet of God, you know. Oh, I can't wait to meet this guy. And, 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 and then he says, oh, I'm not even going to talk to him. Just, hey, hey, messenger, just, just go tell him to dip in the river and he'll be good. And he's like, what? <laughs> he says this, but Naaman became angry and walked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to come and wave his hand over the leprosy, call on the name of the Lord and heal me. Aren't the rivers where I come from better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in those rivers and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. Naaman's like, excuse me? First off, you don't even have the decency to come see me face to face. You're sending a messenger, and all I have to do is go dip in this river, and it's not even like clean. Like there's way better rivers where I come from. Seriously? No, no, no. This is not nice. Walks away. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. He gets annoyed, right? He wants to see this guy with his own eyes. He wants this fancy ritual, and, and where he comes from, these in Aram, there would have been uh, these more uh, ma magician-type people that would try to do kind of these rituals and th this kind of thing that would have tried to heal him. And he probably tried those things, right? And none of them obviously worked to heal his, his leprosy. And he's thinking this new kind of healer-type person, maybe he'll kind of do some, some magical ceremony, this kind of thing. And it's like, no, nothing flashy, nothing crazy. It's like, no, just, just go, go in the river, and God will heal you. That's a little silly. How, how is going into a river and coming back up, how is that going to change anything? It's senseless. It's foolishness. <laughs> and it's not even that clean. Like, at least give me a clean river, right? Like, come on. Like, what's going on here? Where Na and, and this is where Naaman's coming from, right? He's this high, like, he's the number two guy in, in the whole country where he's coming from. He's literally the, the general, the commander of the army. I mean, this guy has wealth. He's, he has access to all of the knowledge that it was available at those times, he, he, he probably had this mindset that I don't need anything from anyone. But then you get leprosy. And then all of a sudden, oh wait, maybe, maybe I don't actually have everything. And he's told, want to get healed? Okay, go, go take a dunk in the water. He's like, right, 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 sure, sure, sure. And th this is what happens though. Thank goodness for his friends, okay, thank goodness. But his officers tried to reason with him. Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Like, if he said, go climb, like, the Himalayan mountains, find the blue lotus flower, this kind of <laughs> he would have been like, oh, this is amazing. Of course, yeah, this kind of But it was, it was simple, right? It's just this. His friends say this. So you should certainly obey him when he says, simply, go and wash and be cured. So if we're honest, right, if we're honest, th this can be us, right? This could be us. I mean, I, I, I believe the life of Naaman, this story, is like the perfect analogy of us in 2019. It's actually wild how God designed the scriptures of how a story from thousands of years ago applies perfectly to us in 2019. Look, we have more wealth than ever before in all of existence. No one has lived as wealthy as us in Canada, okay? We, and we could be the poorest of our society and we are the richest of all of history, I'm telling you. Look, we have never had more knowledge than ever before. We often have this attitude, or maybe you don't, at least I do, have this attitude of we don't need anything from anyone. We're gonna make, make ourselves, I'm gonna be my own man, I'm gonna make myself as a man. We're gonna just press forward on this. And when Naaman is told, go into the water, that's what you're looking for. He looked at it and said, no, that's silly. That's silly. That's, that's nonsense. And that's what we do, right? If we're honest with our, with our culture, we hear the good news about God, and we say, that's silly. That's silly. We, we look at it, we, and, and, and we just say, no, no, that, that, that's nonsense. And, and a quick recap. We've talked about this multiple times every single week. The good news is that God became human. He died on the cross, and he rose again. And he actually cares about us so much, and he takes our sins away, and he makes us right with him. And, and, you know, as a society, we look, we're like, right, right. It's foolishness, right? Like, it, it, it's senseless. And first off, 
just the thought of God even being real, right, in, in our culture is like, right, there's some invisible guy in the sky, in this kind of, and we, we get so hung up on that, right? And then as knowledge increases, as technology goes, as we, we make progress, deep, deep progress, which is incredible, and that's good, but as we make progress, we tell ourselves we don't need God because all we need is us. We just, need, we just need ourselves. But look, it was the same with Naaman where he's looking like, oh, come on, I don't, I don't need this. This is silly. But look what happens. Look what happens. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, and he dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. Look, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man. They stood before him, and Naaman said, now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Look, apparently for Naaman, that was enough to make a difference in his faith and in his life. His faith healed him. And look, it, it's interesting, this miracle, because it doesn't just say go dip in the water and come out. It says seven times. And, and the number seven is significant in Scripture because it, it's almost like every time there's the number seven, it's almost like God was in Coal River where it's like, oh, let's go find it. Come on, guys, let's go find it. <laughs> like it's, it wasn't that in, that in that moment there was something special about it. It's that God decided to do a miracle in that river in that moment because of the faith that Naaman had. And I love how Naaman, he didn't even have like a ton of faith. It wasn't like, I believe when I dip in there, I'm going to be sick. It was like this skeptical like, mm, yeah, I guess it's worth trying. It's like, it, it, was almost, it was like like tiny faith, right? Like the size of like a little seed, like a little mustard seed. Like sound familiar, right? Jesus said all you need is just a little, little bit. We don't need to be, you know, a million percent certain when we take that step of faith. Sometimes a baby step is all that it takes. And look, when human wisdom failed, which is what Naaman had so much of in his time. Look, when that failed, it actually took the, the act of faith of getting into the water, going underneath and up to see his life change. And look, not only his life changed even, look, it saved him. Like, it, it literally saved him. This act did not just give him a better life. It literally saved his life. It saved his life. And, and, and I want to encourage you, following God and following Jesus, it will not just give you the best life. It will not just give you a better life. It will literally save you. It will save you. And, and, and to be honest, I don't talk about this enough. We don't talk about this enough. And, and, and I was encouraging this, uh, to, to do this more recently. And I felt challenged to do it more recently. Here's the truth. One day all of us are dead. And whether we lived a good life, a happy life, or an unhappy life, it doesn't matter. We're dead. Here's the truth, though. There is a second life after this life, though. And, and we need to be saved. We need to be saved into that life. And look, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've noticed the wording that I've been using this entire time, but look, is this not the perfect analogy of baptism? Is it not the perfect analogy of baptism, this story of Naaman? Some people even think this story of Naaman, this is actually what inspired why we go under and up again. This is what actually inspired the Jewish people of like, hey, let's start doing this as a representation of we're new people. Look, look, baptism is this, right? Someone's here. Pretend we're, we'll do it at Mountainside next week. There's a tank of water here. We take someone, we dunk them underneath water, and we rise them up again, right? The, the water represents the grave. They are now gone. The old them is gone. But look, as they rise again, they're new people. God has resurrected them. The old version of them is gone. The new is here. The sins are washed away, washed clean. The disease, the sickness, the thing dragging us down, the, the thing that's going to eventually kill us one day, sin, it's washed away. And isn't it interesting, isn't it interesting that the scripture says that his skin became like a young child, like a young child, as if he was born all over again, as if he was born again. Sound familiar? Jesus used those words too. He said, you don't enter the kingdom unless you're born again, born again. We're new people. The old us needs to go, and God has someone, uh, God has a, a new path for us, as if Naaman was a new person, and, and that old version of Naaman is gone. There's a new version of him, and, and that is actually crazy because we don't have time to get into it. But uh, he talks about how he doesn't want to worship any of the other pagan gods anymore where he comes from. He just wants to worship God from now on. He, he's a new person. And what seems so foolish at first, what seemed so silly, actually became life-changing, actually became needed. 
something he could never achieve on his own. And, and look, um, just, just real quick, because I feel like I'm going, going on here. Um, it reminds me of another part of Scripture. Another part of the Scriptures in the New Testament. Uh, there's a church leader named Paul. And he's writing a letter to, to uh, the city of Corinth, the, the church in Corinth, in, in ancient Greece. Um, and this is in the time of the Roman Empire, like the New Testament is. And, and basically this city, Corinth, is a really, really important Greek city. Actually, uh, in the Roman Empire, it's a really, really important city. It was down the road from Athens, uh, which is the, the capital of Greece. And this is one of the most important cities, okay, in, in the world at this time, Corinth. And it's the gateway between the city of Rome, the capital of the empire, and the rest of Greece and the whole east. And it, it's, it's wild because what's so cool about the Greek, ancient Greek people, and I'm sure today too, the Greek people, because you're Greek people, you're awesome, this is great, um, was the love of philosophy, the love of wisdom. And much of our Western society today, like much of like what Canada, to be honest, is built on, is owed to these ancient Greek philosophers. And there's actually some awesome wisdom. You've probably heard of the big three, right? There's Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. Um, I have, I, I found in, uh, in Value Village one time, uh, one of Plato's books. And I, and I actually just finished reading it. It's actually, it's really cool stuff. It's, it's wise stuff in there. It's interesting. But those are the big three. And, and basically the ancient Greek people, they prided themselves on how they were the ones who gave uh, this Western philosophy to the world. And this Western wisdom to, to the world. And the Roman Empire was like founded and built on, on this Greek wisdom and this Greek philosophy, right? So the people of Corinth, they're so proud of that, right? Like this is who we are. Our ancestors, our families were the one that helped shape the whole Western world. Yeah, and they're proud of that, right? And Paul starts writing to them this letter. And he's talking about baptism. And look, right after he talks about baptism, this is what he says in 1 Corinthians 1. He says this, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. Look, but we who are being saved, it's not foolishness. It's the very power of God. Look, and he asked this question, right? So Corinth, ancient Corinth, the people who gave Western philosophy and wisdom to the world, right? He says this, so where does this leave the philosophers and the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it, that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save for the Jews believe. And then he finishes with this. And it's so true, right? It's foolish for the Jewish people who ask for a sign from heaven. So, so Jewish people um, back then, they looked at the message and they're like, give us a sign or we're not believing it, this kind of thing. And he says this. And it's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. You know, the, the Greek people are always after more. Yeah, to the, to the ancient Greeks, it, it was foolish. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Greeks say it's all nonsense. And it, he's actually doing something really important here. He's acknowledging what the good news looks like at first. I think it's important, especially for those of us who grew up in this. Sometimes we think, I don't get why my friend doesn't have faith in God. I don't get how my faith doesn't, I don't, I don't get why my friends don't believe in Jesus. It's, it's so good and it's so true. It's like, yeah, true, but... At first glance, it's not, that's not always the case. At first glance, the good news actually can seem pretty foolish. It can seem pretty silly. It can, pre, it can seem pretty simplistic, right? It, especially to, to, to the Greek and these ancient Greek people in, in the city of Corinth. You know, they have all this wisdom. And then here comes the idea of Jesus. It's like, okay, apparently this person who like literally was a physical person walking around, apparently he claimed to be the son of God, okay? Check one, interesting. <laughs> And apparently he died for the world. Interesting. And apparently he rose from the dead. Interesting. Uh, I'm not going to buy it. And that's what a lot of Greek people thought back then, right? That's a, a lot of what the Roman Empire thought back then. Because who could logically believe that, right? It's silly. It was silly. And look, just like it was silly for Naaman to go into the water. Look, it's too simple and it's too good to be true. Look, look. For those who have not yet been in the water. It was silliness. It was senseless for Naaman until he tried. Look, look. It was foolishness for the, the, to the wise Greeks and all their wisdom to believe that there was a God. There was one God who, who loved people and was involved with people's life. No, no. They, they believed in, in, you know, a whole pantheon of just multiple demigods that had nothing to do with us. And you didn't have to think about them. It was fine. It was foolishness for them too until some of them believed. And they have tasted and they have seen 
and then their lives were changed. And then all of a sudden what seemed so foolish became the real wisdom, became the absolute wisdom. And it wasn't wisdom from people, it was wisdom from heaven. And they realized that just because the message of Jesus was simple did not make it untrue. Just because it seemed too good to be true didn't make it untrue. And, it, and, and I, I love this because it reveals to us who God really is. He's good. He's good. And, and, and I, I love how, how, you know, people thought, people, what people thought was foolishness was actually simplicity. It was actually just a simple message. It was actually simple. And God makes the, the message simple on purpose. And look, the simplicity of the story, that's actually the strength of it. That's actually the strength of it. Look, the, 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 the message that God loves you, he knows the way to live, and we should follow after him even when we don't know what to do, and he wants a relationship with us, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, that we can know who God is. And it's built on, on, on faith, not by sight. Look, that message of faith, that message of Jesus, it can be told to a little servant girl or told to a mighty, powerful army commander. And look, it can have the same effect on both lives. That's incredible. Look, it can, it, it, it can be told thousands of years ago. It can be told thousands of years from now. It has the same effect on people. It does not lose its effectiveness. It can be told to the, local, the loyal Jewish people or the wise ancient Greeks. It has the same effect. It literally applies to everyone because it's simple. And that is the strength, the power, it's powerful, it's powerful. And simple things can be powerful, right? Simple things. Okay, I, I have a little analogy for you, real quick, okay. Um, I'm glad this one fit in my pocket this week, this is awesome. Okay, so simple things can be powerful, okay. So I have a little toy boat here. This is Noah's little toy boat. Can't really see it, but it's a little toy boat here. Um, there's a little rudder at the back of this boat. And when you have a little boat, there's this tiny little rudder at the back. It literally changes the whole course of where, you know, <laughs> it changes where it goes. If, if you didn't know that a rudder can actually steer an entire massive ship, and someone said, oh, this little thing at the back, this, it, you'd be like, right, that little thing? Yeah, good one. It's like, but once you realize it, once you see it, it's like, oh, once you experience that little turn, it's, whoa, something simple, that's powerful. What about this? Um, oh, and a little side note, just for fun. I dare you to say toy boat ten times real quick, okay? Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. You can't, yeah, you can't do it. Trust me, you can't, you can't. Um, what about this? Where did this go here? I'm losing it. A match, a little tiny match. Imagine someone, you didn't know what a match was, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, this thing can make a massive bonfire like this. Like, it, it, it's, it's crazy. At first, you'd be like, yeah, right, good one. It's foolish, right? It's foolish. But you realize as you experience it, oh, yeah, this could do a lot more than a bonfire, actually. It's a little tiny match. Um, it's, power, it's simple but powerful, okay. Last thing, this little seed, little apple seed. Did you know this contains the entire forest in this little guy right here? If you give it enough time. Did you know if every single tree on earth was done? destroyed, but you had this little guy who was active and living, you could actually repopulate the entire earth uh, with trees, apple trees, mind you, but <laughs> with, <laughs> with trees, with this little seed. If, if you didn't know that to be true, at first glance you'd say, yeah, right, you got the entire earth's trees in your hands, good one, right. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not powerful. It doesn't mean it's not powerful. Simple does not mean foolish. Simple is good. Simple is good. Isn't it incredible that we have a God who chose to come to us in simplicity? He could have come in this complex, epic, mighty way, this kind of thing, and, and none of us could have reached him. You know how he came? As this puny little baby, crying in his mom's arms. Crying. Who was not well off who was subject to another power, wild. That's how God decided to come, simple. 
It's simple, right? The good news is, is simple, and we can relate with that. No matter who you are, you can relate with that. And yes, it's simple, but look, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. And, and it's simplicity sometimes, I, I feel. That's what can trip us up sometimes because we're so wise in 2019. We're so wise. We know so much. We have so much knowledge. And we say, wait, 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 that, like, that's the story? No way. No way. No way. And sometimes our own human wisdom, which is good, but it, it can make us blind to God's wisdom and to God's plan. So this is my challenge for you. Don't ever let the simplicity of the message turn you away from the message. Don't ever let its simpleness become a deterrent. That's actually a good thing. The simpleness is good. And this is the main point I have for you today. His message is simple, but his message is powerful. His message is simple, but his message is powerful. The good news of Jesus is simple, but it changes lives. And its simplicity is its strength. And, and for those who have been touched by the gospel where you put your faith in Jesus and it's changed your life, as, t- and, and as time's going, you're realizing, whoa, this is life-changing. This is, and it's not always easy, but it is the best way. <laughs> let's be okay, and, and let's not just be okay with it, actually. Let's, let's embrace the simplicity of it. Let's embrace it. Um, I, I love the simpleness of it. it, it it's good. And it, it's funny, right, because sometimes I'll, I, I could be talking to my friends about faith, about church, about God, this kind of thing, and, and it will be like, oh, that's interesting that you know so much, like, you, you, you know about God, you know about the Bible, and this kind of thing. And it's always funny when the convo turns to, like, yeah, yeah, I just want to clarify, though. I know this sounds really weird, but, like, I don't know just, like, about God. Like, I, like, I, I know him. And, like, what do you mean? It's like, you know, like, I, I know about the Bible, and I know it, but, like, I don't just know about him. Like, I actually know him. Like, I, like, I know him. Like, he's my friend. <laughs> and they're always like, <laughs> okay, then. It seems foolish, right? It seems foolish, but that's the beauty of it. It's not just we know about him. We know him. We literally know him. And look, the wisdom of the world scoffed at the message of Jesus back then. And it still scoffs today. And that's okay. That's okay. But let me tell you, when you have been into the water, and you come out of the water, and you have new life, when your spiritual leprosy, that thing that was dragging you down and literally killing us, when we go into the water and we come up with new skin, when we're born again, when we're new people, look, we realize that's not foolishness. That's everything we could have ever dreamed of. That's why we were created. That's why we were put on planet Earth. And what happened to Naaman was a symbol of baptism. And look, it happened to Naaman physically. Look, it can happen to you spiritually. I'm telling you. And I actually believe right now in this room there's some people where you're like, shoot, I need to, I need to just jump for this. I need to go for this. I've heard a lot about this. It's time I take a dip in the water. And I don't mean physically necessarily. I mean spiritually. Take a dip in that water. Give God a chance. But you know what? Maybe actually, yeah, physically. You take a dip in the water. You get baptized next week. Put your faith in God for the first time. Because that's it. And I've already said it like seven times today. But that's the good news of Jesus. That God loves us. When we put our faith that Jesus died on the cross for us and rose again, we can have a relationship with him, okay? Don't let human wisdom get in the way of God's wisdom. I know that's a simple message. But it's a true message. Okay? And just so you know, too, just a little side note. Um, I know we talk about this every week, the good news, and I say it in the same way. I want all of us to have this so ingrained in our heart and our heads that when someone asks us, so what is the deal with Jesus? Who is Jesus? We're able to say, oh, yeah, uh, so this is the story about Jesus. God sent his only son, Jesus, and he died on the cross. And he, like, I want us to be able to share our faith, right? That's why it's an intentional thing, why we keep saying it over and over and over, okay? So don't ever think, oh, here Bronson is repeating the same old thing. No, that's on purpose. I want us to, to, for us to get this, okay? It's simple, but it's powerful, okay? Um, so what do we do with this? What do we do? Number one, be baptized next week. If, if you follow Jesus and you haven't been baptized, it's time to get baptized, okay? What we're going to do is we're going to get a tank of water up here. Myself, maybe one other person, you choose, whoever that person is, we're going to baptize you. And your church is going to celebrate with you. And we're going to clap. We're going to party. We're going to stand with you. It's, it's going to be incredible. Maybe you're hearing me saying, honestly, I don't think I've ever taken that official step of, yes, I am deciding to follow Jesus. Now, it, now is the time to do it. 
Now's the time to do it. And I challenge you, be baptized. Put your faith in Jesus. Be baptized. Um, if you would like information on this, come, to, come talk to me afterwards. Or uh, you can go to mountainside.church slash baptism. And all the info is there as well. Okay? Um, second thing is this. Let's embrace the simplicity of the good news. Let's not see it as, oh, I, I feel embarrassed. It's so simple. It's like, no, this is beautiful. That's his strength. This, this is good. It's for everyone. And uh, thirdly, and, and maybe I'll call the band up just as we close here. Thirdly, um, let's be messengers of the good news. I love how in, in this story, Naaman wanted to see the prophet face to face. And that's not what it looked like. A messenger was sent instead. And I think so often in our society, we're like, okay, I'll believe in God, but, like, I need the sign, right? It's like, okay, God, move this chair if you want me to do this. Okay, you don't want me to do this, right? Like, we do this sometimes, and, and, and that's not always how it works. And sometimes there are those moments, those are awesome moments when God does that. But, look, so much of the time, and in Scripture, so many examples of where it's not God physically showing up face-to-face -face with someone. God sends a messenger. And I want to encourage every single person in this room, let's be messengers of the good news. I, I love how, how Naaman wasn't a perfect person. He actually was actually fighting against Israel, which, you know, that's not good to do. You know, fighting each other and those kind of things. But God chose to heal him anyways, right where he was at, right in his imperfection. And that's us too, right? God can save us. God can use us as messengers. And it's so freeing to know. That when human wisdom fails, we have a God who will not fail. And it's actually not all up to us. When we get to the end of our rope and we don't know what to do next, when everything fails, human wisdom fails and pro progress has failed, all those things, God's there. And let me tell you, there is a tremendous peace that we get to live with knowing that. That regardless of what happens, it's going to be okay. Because God is with us. Look cannot find that peace of mind in human wisdom alone. You cannot find that peace of mind without God. You can't. You can try. Tell me how it goes. And I'll ask the question, how's that working out for you? Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key. His message is simple. But his message is powerful. And his simplicity is the strength. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for every single person a part of this church service this morning. I pray for every single person who's a part of this church family. I pray for every single person who's connected to anyone from this church family. I pray that we would continue to know you more every single day. I pray that, yes, we would continue to learn. We would progress. We'd learn in human wisdom. But, God, I pray that would not turn us away from you. I pray it would push us towards you, God. I pray that we would live with that peace of mind that you will not fail, that you are always with us, that your message is simple, but it's powerful. And God, I pray for, for, for everyone in this room, God, that needs to take that step, that needs to go into the water. Just like Naaman, how he's like, I don't know, I don't know, and he finally did it, and it made all the difference. God, I pray for my friends in the room that need to make that decision as well. Lord, that today they would make that decision, that next week as people are baptized, they'd make that decision, Jesus. Lord, we pray your will be done, your kingdom come, in your name, amen, amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something called communion. And Jesus gave us his example. He showed us how to do it. And basically, we're going to um, hand out these trays. Um, yes, yeah, so you guys are good to come forward. I, I said, don't do it yet, but just come forward. Yeah, come forward. Um, and basically, we're going to hand you, it's a little cracker and it's a little cup of juice. And the little cracker represents Jesus' body. So when we eat the cracker together, we are, rep we are remembering that Jesus gave up his body for us when he died on the cross. And the, the little cup of juice, that's representing Jesus' blood. And that represents the sacrifice that he made, the blood that he spilt for us, the sacrifice that he has done for us. And we're going to, um, so if you would rather not, no stress, just pass it along. You don't need to take it. Um, but ushers, as you start passing that out now, um, if you could just take one of each. Don't eat it yet. Don't drink it yet. We'll have it all together at the end of this worship song. Um, and we're just going to remember what Jesus has done for us. That he 
gave his body for us, that he shed his blood for us, that it's all about him. It's all about him, okay? So if you want to have it right away, hold on to it as we sing this song, and we'll go from there, okay? We'll be back in a few minutes. Thanks, Ben, for leading us so well as we just remember how good God is.
let's sing that I exalt thee There's no one like you. There's no one like you, Jesus. Let's just let's just take a few a few moments here. Let's just think about Jesus being beaten. I know it's I know it's graphic. I know it's tough. It was tragic. It was actually a beautiful moment. It was for us. Let's think of Jesus being beaten. Let's imagine him walking up that road, carrying a cross cross that he didn't deserve. Let's picture him being nailed to that cross. Let's picture that, that, that crown of thorns on his head as they mocked him. Jesus, we thank you for what you have done for us. God, we don't deserve it. But God, we're thankful. So God, today we remember the sacrifice that you've made for us. We remember. So Jesus, we follow your example of the Lord's Supper of communion. Jesus said, take this bread. This is my body. Eat it in remembrance of me. Let's eat it together today. Representing Jesus' blood, representing the sacrifice he made for us. God, we thank you for that. We remember there's a new covenant. There's a new way of living. It's a new world now since you've done this, Jesus. Let's drink together today in remembering you. And Lord, of course, we remember now your resurrection. Three days later, you didn't stay in that grave. The Spirit of God came upon you, rose you back, Jesus. And you gave us that commission. Go, spread the message. It's simple but powerful. It makes a difference. That's the strength of it. So Jesus, help us continue your work. Help us live out that great commission. We love you so much in your name. Amen. Amen. I had a lot of fun this morning. I hope you did too. I thought that was really great. I thought, I thought that, I think that God did some good things here. Um, we have the prayer corner over here, just as we close. If you need prayer for anything, we have some incredible people that will pray with you, okay? Just walk over here at the end. We're going to pray with you. And uh, next week is our third year anniversary. We have baptism. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Uh, I really hope that I will see you there next week, okay? God bless. Invite a friend. Invite your family. It's going to be great. All right, God bless. See you next time. See you next week.
This time. 